Welcome to My Favorite Haunting, episode 47. 47. Did I get it right? Welcome, <laughs> Paranormies. You are correct. It is episode 47. I think that's the first time you led. I kind of want to give you a round of applause. <laughs> well, it was quiet, I'm, so I thought I should talk. I, you should. I'm like sitting here trying to like get my thoughts together. And I'm like, how am I going to open this thing? And then you took right off. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Episode 47. There's only a few episodes left before we take another hiatus and go on a ghost hunt or two. Yeah. Two? Oh, yeah. Maybe with some I was going to say, wait, two? Oh, you're not coming on the second. Well, okay. Oh, we haven't talked about this. It's kind of, well, so we we were contacted by a, a kind of a private residence, mm-hmm. but it's also an Airbnb, so I don't want to. Oh, that like, one. We're going to okay. wait. We're, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. We're going to wait. Oh, what second one were you thinking of? Oh, the hotel. The hotel. So three. <laughs> Three. Yeah, I don't have any an, real announcements. Do you? Mm, no. Have anything? Nothing important? All right. Dive right in? I guess we'll dive right in. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, I'll go? Yeah, that's fine. Cool. Okay. So, I did Bobby Mackey's Music World in Wilder, Kentucky. <laughs> okay. It's fun. And the entire time I was doing this one, I'm like, Bobby, Ma- what? I kept thinking of Bobby's World. Remember Bobby's World? The cart with the cartoon with um, Howie, Howie Mandel was the dad and Bobby was the cartoon like son and he had a little tricycle. I don't think so. Am I so. making that up? What? I don't think I remember that. I need to fact check this now just in case because I might be making it all up. Oh my God. No, it's real. <laughs> okay, I feel so validated. <laughs> yes, it's exactly how I remember. It's that must be something I missed. <laughs> yeah, and it was like Howie Mandel was like it was like half like sometimes he was a real person and then he would turn into a cartoon. <laughs> no. It was one of those something. I don't know. Anyway, I, oh, I would have. Wow, <laughs> I don't. I didn't realize it was on the. I knew it was like early '90s, so it was 1990 through 1998. Wow, I had no idea it went that long. It was on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Bobby's World. Anyway, okay, probably nobody else listening knows that cartoon. Um, anyway, so the the whole time I was researching this one, I kept that's what I kept thinking. I'm like Bobby's World, but okay, so Bobby Mackey's Music World. So. This is one I I relied a lot on. Well, there was an episode. There's a couple episodes of Ghost Adventures here, and then I think actually their first one that they did was here, and um, the BuzzFeed Unsolved that I talked about mm-hmm. last week or the week before, somewhat recently. Those guys they went here too. They're hilarious. Um, <laughs> they but they do a really good job. They didn't have a whole lot of experiences here, but. They do a really good job of going through the history of these places. Mm -hmm. So I use them for a lot of the history. And then WCPO.com had some uh, history as well that I I used for this. So, okay, we'll go right in. So um, Bobby Mackey's Music World in Wilder, Kentucky was originally built as a slaughterhouse slash meatpacking plant in the 1850s. And it was used as that through the 1890s. It was a bunch of other things after that. In the 20s, it was a hotel. In the 30s, it was a country club. And then from the 30s through the 50s, it was a casino and club called the Latin Quarter, which was mob run. (laughs) And the men's room today, the current um, men's room, Mm -hmm. it used to be back in the mob days, it was an office and there was supposedly a trap door in the floor. (laughs) And when they would do their little mob hits they would drop the bodies through the floor nice to the basement to dispose of them yeah and then there's a safe room that the casino kept the money in so it looks like it's a room but it looks like a big safe Mm -hmm. and that's still there which is kind of cool and the casino closed in 1961 when law enforcement cracked down on um illegal mafia activities (laughs) there so with the mob stuff going on there there's 
nothing official, but I think it's safe to assume there's a few deaths from that associated with the property. There's one, like the area's most like notorious murder um, was in 1896. Pearl Bryan was the youngest child of 12. She was a daughter of an Indiana cattle rancher and she was killed by her boyfriend, Scott Jackson. So she was 22. She was dating this guy, Scott Jackson. Um, She found out she was pregnant with his baby. So when she was about five months along, they had this plan where she would go and meet up with Jackson. She told her family and friends she was going to Indianapolis to visit another friend Mm -hmm. Um, in reality, the plan was she was going to meet up with Scott and they were going to go to Cincinnati. But what really happened was he took her to a hillside in Fort Thomas, which was about two miles away from, uh, present day Bobby Mackey's music world. Mm -hmm. Um, and him and one of his friends, Alonzo Walling, they were both dental students. So the story goes one of two ways. So the plan was she was going to they were supposed to go to Cincinnati and she was supposed to have a secret abortion Mm -hmm. because she wasn't married yet. And she would, you know, her reputation would have tanked and her family would have been ashamed. She would have been disowned and all this shit because it's 1896. So either Jackson and and Walling, they either thought that their dental training was enough medical training to perform an abortion (laughs) and the abortion went wrong and she died. Or the plan all along was to just kill her. Mm-hmm. I, you know, one of those two things. Um, but either way, she died and she ended up decapitated. Oh. And the head was never found, but it was believed to have been disposed down the basement of the slaughterhouse. There was a well that they would use to drain all the, like, blood and stuff from mm-hmm. the animals yeah. out in, that connected out to the Licking River. Yes, the river is called the Licking River. <laughs> <laughs> and it flows north, which is abnormal. So they think, because I think they had uh, they they had uh, dogs, like, sniffing the trail or whatever, and they, they traced it back to the slaughterhouse. So they think that they took the head and dropped it down the well to keep her from being identified. Mm-hmm. When they did the autopsy, the fetus was intact, it was extracted, pickled, and put on display in a local pharmacy. Ew. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing in Kentucky in 1896. I mean, obviously, they were pickling fetuses and displaying them. But um, I, 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 no, don't do that. That's, that's terrible. Both Jackson and Walling were hung at this. They were found out. They were convicted. They were hung at the same time from the same scaffold. Walling threatened to come back, like, on the, as they're standing, like, right before they're hanged, Walling threatened to come back and haunt the area forever. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, three guesses what one of the, one or two of the spirits may be there. (laughs) So that's the murder of Pearl Bryan. After it closed as a slaughterhouse and before it became a hotel... It was allegedly used by occultists to perform their rituals. And it's kind of believed that that contributed to creating a portal to hell in the basement through the well. Hmm. Yeah. So they think that that well in the basement where they, these guys dropped Pearl's head down is um, actually the portal to hell. Um, in the 40s, so while it was under mob uh, control, a woman named Johanna, who, okay, so Bobby Mackey is a country music singer, mm-hmm. and he wrote this song, I don't know if you know, I think he's like older country, so I don't know if you know it, because I know you listen country, but he wrote the song Johanna. Mm, no, I don't think I know that one. Ghost Adventures did a nice little, like, montage of him playing it on the stage, so, um, but, well, he wrote the song about this girl, so back in the 40s. Uh, a woman named Johanna, um, they think that she was a mob daughter and she was also a dancer at the club and she killed herself in a dressing room. I think she poisoned herself mm. because her father had her lover, Robert Randall, killed. Mm. So she, they found this um, up in the attic, they, they found this like love letter that she had written and um, – 
that's when Bobby Mackey read it, and it's when he wrote the song about her. Hmm. Um, and his full name, coincidence or not, you decide. His full name is Robert Randall Mackey. Wow. And her boyfriend's name was Robert Randall. So, and um, when Ghost Adventures interviewed him, and they brought this up, and he's like, mm, "I don't know. I don't really believe in reincarnation, but you know, I don't know." <laughs> Which is kind of, he was kind of like, because I think he's always kind of been like a non-believer in this kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. now that he's like had experiences and everything, I think he kind of questions it. Yeah. So the first caretaker of Bobby Mackey's back in the 70s was Carl Lawson. And he claims to have been possessed. He had an exorcism performed on him in the kitchen. Hmm. Why the kitchen? We don't know. In the caretaker's room, which is like a little apartment above the bar, when BuzzFeed Unsolved was there, they were doing their little investigation. There was – so there's these – like there was a closet with like these swinging doors. Mm -hmm. They were the kind of – you know those closet doors that have like the slats, the ankled slats? Yeah. Um, So they were like that, but they were like on hinges, so they just swung. Mm -hmm. And in front of them there was – in front of them, there was a stool sat with a note written on it. It says, danger, do not enter. And then as the, the guys, like, walk up and they're like, why is it dangerous? Why can't we go in there? Do you think we should go in there? I think we should go in there anyway. <laughs> Which, like, dude, they're clearly saying don't go in there. Don't fucking go in there. But um, they're, as they're, like, standing in front of the doors, like, debating, one of the doors, like, swings kind of half open and bumps the stool and, like, bounces back. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan's like, oh my god, did you see that? The door moved, the door moved. He's so funny. <laughs> Cracks me up. When you walk into this bar, they have a warning sign on the front door disowning any kind of responsibility related to paranormal occurrences. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. Like, hey, if a ghost fucks with you, it's not our fault. <laughs> Don't sue us. Shane and Ryan went into the basement um, where the portal to hell is supposed to be and... They hung a flashlight. They did the flashlight test mm-hmm. and they hung the flashlight on the wall. And Shane said, um, turn it on if you want to hurt us. And then the light immediately turned on. Okay. First of all, don't say things like that. I know. he. I hate when he does that stuff. And then poor Ryan's like, why would you say that? Why are you always saying things like that? <laughs> um, I mean, he wasn't inviting anything to hurt them. Mm-hmm. He was just trying to figure out their intent. Yeah. As opposed to someone like Zach Bagans, who we'll get to. Oh, we'll get to him. <laughs> yeah, like he was just trying to get a response. Yeah. Um, so I learned something new with the the flashlight test. There's – and this is why – so Shane thinks it's bullshit. Well, Shane thinks all of this is bullshit, so I don't count his opinion. But he <laughs> he especially hates the flashlight test because when a mag – when you turn the mag light – when you do this and you turn that the thing the the lens the you know the top part mm-hmm. the screwy part and you get it to that that little point between on and off so what I knew like I knew how the flashlight test was supposed to work so it's like you make it you put it there and then like the slightest little touch will make it turn on or off yeah and that's how you get responses. But I didn't know that when it's in that position, it's still heating and cooling the coils inside. Oh. So you can still get random, like, responses. Hmm. But so that's why – but I bring this up just to, like, kind of, like, emphasize if you do this method to – you need to really look for consistent on and off on command. Yes. So if you're getting, like, that random, like, on and off, like, don't – like, don't jump to conclusions like, oh, my God, I'm getting something. It's not really lining up with what I'm saying, but something's happening because it's probably just science. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> fi- what, what kind of science? Is that physics? No. Chemistry? No. Flashlight science. It's just flashlight science. <laughs> sure. Flashlight science. <laughs> that works. So the guys interviewed Laura Rowland. She's... Um, Manager of Gatekeeper Paranormal, who is the um, the kind of exclusive um, paranormal group for Bobby Mackey's. Mm-hmm. So they do – so the bar itself is they do shows and stuff, um, but they're only open Fridays and Saturdays. Hmm. The rest of the week they do tours and investigations. Oh, okay. So if you want a tour or investigation, 
you go through you have to go through these guys because they're in charge of all of that. And if you go to um, Bobby Mackey's website and you click like the paranormal link, it takes you to Gatekeeper Paranormal's website. Okay. But she told the guys that um, a story one night she was locking up uh, after a tour and she was um, an abnormally quiet tour that night. And um, she suddenly, like, as she's going around locking the place back up, she suddenly hears, like, the windows and doors are shaking in their frames. Mm -hmm. And they started shaking so hard she could feel it, like, vibrating through the floor. Wow. Um, But she couldn't find an explanation for it. There was nobody around. Like, who – like, I mean, I know that's, like, instinct. Like, okay, who's here? But, like, I just picture, like, she's looking for somebody, like, grabbing onto a wall and shaking the building. (laughs) I know that's not what it was. But, like, Mm -hmm. that's what I pictured when I was, like, what do you mean you looked for somebody? Who could do that? (laughs) And then when she went outside, it stopped. Like, Hmm. as soon as she walked outside, it stopped. Um, So, I mean, unless there was an earthquake, which I feel like probably would have found that out. Right? Like. Yeah, usually that's something reported. (laughs) And yeah, not like, so. Oh my localized. god! Did you feel that earthquake? Yeah, right in that one spot. Um, so Buzzfeed and Salt, like I said, they didn't have a, a ton of experiences. They were more like, but they were on point with the history of the place. So now we get into my favorite people: ghost adventures. <laughs> so they sat down. You know how they like sit down and talk to a few people in the beginning. So the first story they have is Bobby Mackey, when he and his wife first moved in, they were both non-believers. But she was upstairs one day in the apartment above the bar, and she heard a voice say, get out, Mm -hmm. and then pushed her down the stairs. So there's like, yeah, so there's like a set of stairs that go from the bar up to the apartment. Later, she, somebody was showing her a newspaper article about Pearl Bryan's murder. Mm -hmm. And there were, not photos, but like um, sketches of the guys. Yeah. And she identified Alonzo Walling hmm. in the newspaper article. And she's like, that's the guy that threw me down the stairs. And then Carl Lawson, the caretaker who was exercised in the kitchen. <laughs> um, so he lived there for a while and he claimed that every morning at 6 a.m. It sounded like an army marching through the bar downstairs. Hmm. When he was possessed and then exercised, he said he didn't know what was happening. He doesn't remember any of it mm-hmm. until he came to and his hands were wrapped around the pastor's neck. Oh, nice. And I don't know if he was saying pastor as like a generalized because that's just what he calls religious mm-hmm. people because I'm not sure that pastors do exorcisms. I'm pretty sure you have to be a priest. Yeah. They're different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was just, um, if that was just like a thing on his part or I don't know, but that was, those were his words. So don't at me. (laughs) (laughs) They had another story, um, another story. There was a bar patron in the bathroom, in the men's room that used to be the mob office Mm -hmm. with the trap door. And so he was washing his hands at the sink and there was a metal garbage can standing next to the sink. And suddenly it flew across the room and slammed into the wall behind him. And he turned around and saw a man with a handlebar mustache standing in the corner. Hmm. And he was standing there repeating die game over and over and over again. Okay. Don't know what that means. Die game, die game, die game. Okay. The game of death. I don't know. And then... A manager reported coming into work one day and the jukebox was playing the anniversary waltz, which I had never heard of. Neither have I. So it's, I mean, I guess it's, it's pretty cool that she knew what it was <laughs> just by hearing it. Cause I, I didn't, she comes into work, the jukebox is playing the, an- the anniversary waltz. It's like one of those old, you know, mm-hmm. music songs. <laughs> So she goes over to the jukebox to turn it off. Not only was the jukebox not plugged in, but no record was on the little spinny dervish thing. Yeah. I don't know what it's called, turn but the table? thing with the records it's on. See, I thought that, but I thought a turntable was like the whole unit. Is it just the little spinny dervish part? I I thought so, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't do I like record science. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Clearly, I don't either. I like spinny dervish. It's fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
But so the jukebox isn't plugged in. There's no record on the thing. And the anniversary waltz is not even an option on the jukebox anyway. (laughs) So somebody was channeling energy through the jukebox independently to play the song, I guess. Equipment problems whenever groups come to investigate, like cameras malfunction, audio stops working, all that kind of stuff. So then we go into the basement. So that well, the portal to hell that Mm -hmm. empties out into the river. So they think that's the portal to hell, right? So next to the well is a set of stairs to nowhere. Hmm. It's like, it looks like the Winchester. So you know how it has those stairs that just go up and it's like somebody closed them off, right? Yeah. It's like somebody put a floor over it. That's what it looks like. Like they just go right up to the ceiling. They just probably never removed the staircase, mm-hmm. but they think that that is a portal to heaven. Hmm. Okay. I don't know where that came from, but it's kind of poetic, right? Yeah. Stairway to heaven, <laughs> right next to the drop to hell. <laughs> So when Ghost Adventures started investigating, so first they're still on the tour and they're in the basement. You don't see it on the camera. It happens off camera. Mm-hmm. But the um, the guy that was giving them the tour and Zach both at the same time like turned and looked in one direction. We're like, who was that? Who's there? So it was a shadow figure that had been standing there and then ducked behind like there's like an old refrigerator mm-hmm. and like ducked behind the refrigerator. So they went over to investigate, and, you know, there's nobody there or whatever. But it reminded me of when we were at Rolling Hills, and we were still on that tour. And me and Anthony both saw somebody walk into the room. (laughs) We were like, what was that? (laughs) Who's that? Um, So then when they started actually investigating, so they got a lot of noises from the attic, like walking around and, like, thumps and footsteps and everything. And then they had a static cam up there that was just sitting there the whole night. And that picked up sounds of what sounded like a female crying, hmm. which is where Johanna died. Yeah. So, um, you know, distraught over her, her murdered lover. So I don't know why they said lover and not like boyfriend or fiance or whatever he was. <laughs> because if she's that distraught, I feel like it probably was more than just a lover situation. Maybe not. I don't know. At one point in the night, Nick, so we got so Ghost Adventures is Zach, Nick, and Aaron, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just the three guys. So Nick goes to take a bathroom break <laughs> in the men's room. No, oh. <laughs> and there. So the cat. We're like where our point of view is with Zach, right? And there's this loud bang. And then all of a sudden you hear screaming. So Zach goes running. Nick is running out of the bathroom with his fly still open. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. He's freaking out and yelling. And like, I don't know. It just, it was a bang. It was a loud bang. Zach's like, I know I heard it. So then he goes back into the bathroom and he's trying to like bang on the walls to recreate the sound. Mm-hmm. And then it happens again. And it's so fucking loud. Like it sounds like somebody dropped like a huge piece of furniture. Wow. And then he screams and tries to run out of the room again. But then Zach stops him. He's like, stop running away. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Aaron shows up and they're all just standing there. And then they hear footsteps walking in the attic above them. Ooh. And there is nobody up there. It's only the three of them. So, but it just, I, it kind of was fun. But at the same time, it was irritating the hell out of me because everybody was just yelling at each other. Yeah. And Zach's like, stop running away. Stop running away. And I'm yelling at my TV. Stop yelling. Stop yelling. (laughs) (laughs) And then, oh, so then they hear the footsteps upstairs. And then there's um, some kind of voice, too. Like, they call it humming. Uh, But it could have been singing, I guess. You can't, like, make anything out. Mm -hmm. But there's kind of, like, a little bit of a tune. So then they go down to the basement and Zach's doing what Zach does and being a dick. And then all of a sudden he just stops and he's like, my back is burning. Why is my back burning? My back feels like it's burning. Something is burning my back. And he starts like freaking out. And so then Nick's like, let me see, let me see. And trying to lift his shirt up. And Zach's like all squirming around. It's burning, it's burning. And Nick's like, stop moving. And I'm yelling at my TV again, stop fucking moving. <laughs> Jesus. So then they lift up his shirt. Dude, this dude had fucking three long and they looked deep like they were like dark red and like just down the center of his back like from like around his shoulder blades like a little bit higher and then like all the way down to like 
like his almost his waist. Wow. Like they were and there were it was three and they were fucking they looked bad, man. And then there was like another little bit off to the side. <laughs> I made a note, God forbid these guys ever get caught in a real emergency because they literally were just like like Nick was saying something was telling Aaron to do something and Aaron just like <laughs> froze up. Ew. And he's like, What? What? I what? What do you want me to do? What? Like, he wasn't understanding. And then Nick and Zach are both, like, yelling over each other. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. God forbid you're ever caught in, like, an apocalypse or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then so then after that, they so they take, like, pictures of scratches and show Zach. And then Zach flips the fuck out. And then he's like, why is it me? Why are you coming after me? <laughs> I'm like... Really? you're the one being a dick. Then he turns to the camera and goes, because I'm the one talking all the shit. So it's like, at least he knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. But still, like, uh, I just, I don't approve of his, of his methods. Like, I, you're seeing it. But, okay, we'll get to my favorite part comes a little bit later. <laughs> so then they're doing, so Nick does an EVP session. And he's calling out um, Walling and Jackson. You know, like, mm-hmm. are you know, is it you here? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he gets no response. And then he says, Pearl, are you here with me? And then we hear a female crying, mm. followed by what sounds like a male voice saying, Precious, no. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then after that, they're doing, um, they have a camera they're like walking around with the camera and they're in that same spot where they saw the shadow figure at the beginning mm-hmm. and they fucking caught this motherfucker <laughs> in the same spot. But he's like coming out. So weird. the first time he ducked behind the fridge mm-hmm. and this time it's like he's coming out from the other side and like walking away. He was just hiding there the whole time. Yeah. I mean, or he just like went back there or whatever. But yeah, like he was just hiding out and he's like, OK, I'm going to go now. <laughs> Um, they zoomed in on it and they're like, look, it looks like he's wearing a cowboy hat. Hmm. <laughs> um, my, okay. Oh, so it's time for my favorite part. This is my favorite part. It's my favorite part for like maybe a solid minute until this guy went back on what he says. But so, <laughs> cause Zach got scratched. So he took, so then he's like nervous or whatever. So he takes the, all the raw footage to an archbishop in Louisville, James Long. Mm-hmm who is also a trained demonologist and exorcist. And he mommed him so fucking hard. It was, he's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You're an idiot. Like, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. um, close enough. Because he's like, this is dangerous. Like, do you know what you're doing? Like, I would be ready to, like, exercise you if I were there. Because you're, and then Zach's like, I know. I know, man, but I'm, I can't stop. I'm not going to stop. I can't stop. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Okay, drama queen. But then like a minute later, this dude like changes his tune and he's like, no, I understand. You have a point to prove and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, don't encourage him to do this shit. You were on the right track to begin with. Like, yeah, you're an, oh, that's for part two. I don't, part of part two, I don't really entirely buy, but. So that was 2008. A year later, in 2009, they hosted a public hunt event, mm-hmm. and it wasn't um, – I don't think it was an episode. So I couldn't find it. I think it was just like – you know, they do those public events. Mm-hmm. They have people come, and Ghost Hunters does it too. So they did one of these. They did it at Bobby Mackey's, and they, I think he said there was like 20 people or 25 people or something, and maybe like half of those people reported something having followed them home and having experiences afterward. Um, okay. Aaron and his wife split up within that time and he attributed it to something followed him home and was fucking with him and it was putting his wife in danger. So I guess it got really like serious. Uh-huh. So like they split up so that for her to be safe, I guess one of the guests, his girlfriend was visiting him at home and she was wearing a rosary around her neck and it was ripped off. Like, she was just standing in the apartment, and it was just, like, ripped off. And there was, um, Nick was saying how, like, in the middle of the night, the his kitchen faucet would just start running hmm. for no reason. That was 2009, so then another year after that in 2010, um, in season four, they returned to Bobby Mackey's. Hmm. 
they got a lot of EVPs this time. They because they didn't get a whole lot the first time. They got a few, but um, they started out up in Carl's old room, the caretaker's apartment. Mm-hmm. They got like kind of they didn't ask anything, but they got they were just talking, mm-hmm. and then they got this recording. So I heard. The first time they played it, you know, they put the, uh, they type out, like, what you're supposed to hear on the screen, which I try not to look at because I want to hear it for myself first without being, because if you read that, you're going to hear that. Yeah. So when they first played it, I heard, I'm going to kill your wife, Nick. Ooh. When they typed it, when they typed the caption, they only put, I'm going to kill your wife. And when Zach repeated it out, he said... It says, I'm going to kill your wife. Like, nobody acknowledged that it says Nick. I clearly hear it saying Nick at the end. Hmm. But then Zach does say, "We is is it targeting Nick because he's the only one of us that's married at this point? Interesting. But so it's like he came to the same conclusion, but I find it odd that nobody else acknowledged because I hear it so clearly. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Maybe, uh, maybe Nick said, uh, please, please don't put my name on that. <laughs> But you can still hear it. I know. (laughs) Down in the bar, Aaron, this was fun. So Aaron's going to do EVPs, right? So he's down in the bar and it's got all those like four top square tables Mm -hmm. all over. So he goes to set the recorder down on the table and then notices there's a pair of scissors on the table for some reason. They're like, um, you know, those kitchen scissors that come in the knife blocks. Mm -hmm. They're, They're just sitting there for some reason. I don't know why. Odd, but sure. Uh, so he sets it down, and then he sees that the scissors are there, and he goes, um, maybe I'm not going to put this here. I'm going to put it on this table. And he goes, like, the next table over. Mm-hmm. The second he laid the recorder down, there's the EVP says, take the knife. Ugh. And then, <laughs> like, did they mean the scissors? It was just, you know, mm-hmm. co- like something sharp. It's a coincidence. But it was just funny. And like, no, put it on the other table with the sharp object for whatever reason. I don't know. <laughs> There's an odd light anomaly that flies. So Aaron's standing there in the bar and the static camera's on him. And there's this odd light anomaly that it, it's like it's just a little light ball. And it flies straight towards Aaron from the side. Mm-hmm. And then it distorts right before it would have collided with him and then disappears. Hmm. So it looks like um, it reminds me of like, you know, those squishy balls. Yeah. They're like, and they stick to stuff. Yeah. Like if you throw it on the wall and it kind of flattens, it looks like that. But it's like maybe like a foot before it would have hit him. Hmm. And then it just disappears. Did it collide with his aura? Maybe. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like it looks like it hit like an invisible bubble or something. Yeah. So I don't think it was dust and I don't think it was a bug. Yeah, those uh, don't usually change shape. (laughs) Well, right. I mean, and like, could, and it comes but, in so yeah, different. Not like this though, because yeah. it comes in so fast, and it's like a perfect little sphere, and it comes in so fast, and then it just like all of a sudden kind of slows down, like it's getting to a stop, and then it like elongates, hmm. like vertically, yeah, and then it just disappears. Interesting. And then Zach comes down and is doing EVPs in the bar as well, and says. He's like, I hate when he does because he always yells. Like, why are you always yelling? Stop yelling. So he shouts down to the floor. Why do you only live in the basement? Can you not come up to the bar? And then the EVP responds, I can't go back there. <laughs> okay. Hmm. So then they go back down to the basement and guess who they bring in with them? Bishop James Long. Hmm. The one who was adamantly... Don't do this. You're an idiot. Yeah. You're going to get yourself killed and possessed. Possessed and killed? Whatever. <laughs> What's order? Who cares? And then, you know, immediately was like, no, I understand. You have a job to do. <laughs> um, he further justified it by saying, people would say my job's not good for me either, but I still have a duty to do it or something like that. Mm, I think they're a little different. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> Yeah. So they bring him down to the basement and they they turn on the spirit box mm-hmm. and Zach asks how many are how many spirits are with them down there and the spirit box answers seven. Hmm. And then Bishop Long says, "Tell us your name," and it answers Zach. 
<laughs> okay. It's because it's fucking with him because it probably wants to scratch him up again. And then Aaron had set a digital recorder during this time down on a shelf like behind them. Mm-hmm. And it picked up the phrases, don't fuck it up. <laughs> and it's going down with the bishop. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's supposed. To, I shouldn't laugh because it's a threat. Mm-hmm. But it's. I'm just like it's going down. <laughs> Meet me at the club. It's going down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a song. After this, the spirit box says "bad day," and then Zach says, "Reed yells, who's gonna have a bad day?" <laughs> and the spirit box answers. First, it says Bishop. And then they all start freaking out. And then when they go back over it again, over the recording again, because what it there was a pause because mm-hmm. they got all excited and they didn't hear it say like pause and then say long. Ooh. So it specific it named Zach and it named Bishop Long. Ooh. So Zach, uh, like right while like while the the EVP stuff is going on, Zach looks up at the ceiling. And he sees a red light up there, but or like two red lights, like eyes or something, I think. Mm-hmm. And it prompted him to ask, what color are your eyes? And the spirit box answers, black. Ooh. <laughs> and I just kept thinking of Dean Mon. De- Dean, De- Demon Dean. <laughs> Dean from Supernatural. Yeah. Uh, Dean, Dean, Mon. I can't say it. <laughs> Dean Mon. I don't know. Then they pull out another spirit box type of thing, which they did not give a name to, but I'm pretty sure it was an ovulus. Ovulus? I always want to say ovulus, but <laughs> the U is not in that spot. So, yeah. um, But uh, spirits can manipulate it to form phonetic responses. So it's kind of like a spirit box, except where a spirit box uses the static between the ra- – it scans the radio station super fast. Mm-hmm. And uses the static as white noise for spirits to come through on. So this doesn't do that. It or there's no static, like staticky white noise to it. So it's just silent, and then it'll just spit words out. Mm-hmm. And that's supposedly the spirits manipulating the box um, to forming phonetic responses, putting the sounds together. Mm-hmm. I guess if I'm explaining that correctly. Uh, so Zach asked for their name, and it answered Scott. Okay. As in Scott Jackson, oh. one of Pearl Bryan's murderers and decapitators. Yes. And I, I would assume ex-boyfriend at that point. Um, I feel like as soon as they realize you're trying to kill me, you are not my ex. <laughs> <laughs> they then ask, are you evil? And it answers, enemy spirit. So the voice that it speaks in, it's like a robot voice. Like it's not even like Siri. It's like old school AI like robot yeah. voice. And then it was quiet for a minute, and Zach says, why aren't you talking now? And then it answers, bad memories. He says, memories of what? And what I heard was, I killed... (laughs) I couldn't... I believe that it... So they said, he said, I killed Pearl Bryan. Mm -hmm. I heard enough of the third word to believe it was pearl mm-hmm. i could not understand the last word to be able to agree that it was brian yeah but it clearly said i killed so he killed somebody yeah um i mean it could have been one of the mob guys oh yeah yeah it could so then they leave bishop long alone in the basement so he's doing evps and he says He's kind of taunting a little bit, nowhere near on a Bagans level, uh-huh. but he's he's provoking just a little bit. He's kind of taunting. He's like, so do something. And then the EVP says, fuck you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. These demons are so rude to clergy. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> like, they're especially hostile towards him. So, yeah. well, and Zach, but Zach was, is an epic douchebag, so. But this guy is just like, because they're like, oh, he's a bishop. Well, fuck you. <laughs> um, he then says, so I'll read out the, his full sentence first because the EVP came like kind of in the middle of it. But so his full sentence is, if your intentions are evil, make a noise. 
um, he kind of paused in the middle where he says, if your intentions are evil, and he kind of paused for like a half a second. Mm-hmm. And the EVP butted in at that point and says, that's because it's the devil. Hmm. The bishop then went uh, through the building to perform a cleansing after stirring all that shit up, as you should. And <laughs> there were two EVPs in the pro- – like they kept recording through the cleansing. Mm-hmm. And there were two EVPs and they think they were both intended towards Zach. The first one says, I'm going to hurt him. And then the second one said, I'm going to kill Zach. Ooh. And then a little bit later on, still during the cleansing, I think it was in response to the passage the bishop was reading at the time. I don't remember what it was, but the EVP said, don't trust the light. Hmm. And then Zach started acting really weird and feeling dizzy, and it got really kind of like tacky horror movie for a few minutes. (laughs) And the bishop looks at the camera and says, there are some things you shouldn't be recording. And then it cut to black. Um, I feel that was a little bit extreme, mm. but I wasn't there. Yeah. I, who am I to say what happened and what didn't happen? Just my opinion. <laughs> um, this building is considered to be super duper haunted, super duper evil. Um, based on those EVPs, I would say there's probably most likely like, I, I would believe that there's a demon hanging out in there. I don't know about portal. I mean, the portal thing kind of does make sense. Mm-hmm. Although you don't really need an uh, like a doorway or an opening to be a portal. Like yeah. portal could just be floating in midair. Um, it could be on a wall. It could be on the floor. But I, I am in agreement that there is something malicious in that building. Mm-hmm. I would still like to go. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you know, if you don't want to be injured, just don't do a Bagans. Yeah. But I mean, like, it was funny because I'm pretty sure this is the, yeah, it was season one, episode one. Or no, this one, this one was season four. But the, um, when he got scratched was season one, episode one. So it was like their first episode. So, you know, I'm sure Zach was dialed up to 11 and going (laughs) above and beyond. Yeah. But, you know, don't do that because... If nothing else, it's so fucking disrespectful. Yeah. Like, it is. Most of these people were people once. Demons were not. Demons are, but demons are dangerous. Like, don't fuck with a demon. Yeah. It's like wildlife, right? Yeah. Like, you show it, even if it's like, you know, I was going to say if you're not in agreement with it, <laughs> you don't agree with its life choices, but like, you have to show it respect. Yeah. Like a skunk or something, you know? You don't want it to Exactly. Spray or a swarm of hornets. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to take it down, but you have to be respectful. <laughs> Does that make sense? Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Am, am I getting, am I making my point? I don't know if I'm clearly making my point. Anyway, the bar is open for drinks and music 7 p.m. to 2.15 a.m. Fridays and Saturdays. <laughs> you can schedule tours and investigations the rest of the week through Gatekeeper Paranormal. For more information, go to bobbymackeys.com, and Mackie is M-A-C-K-E-Y. Almost like Mickey Mouse, mm-hmm. but Mackie.com. And also check out the book Hell's Gate, Terror at Bobby Mackey Music World by Douglas Hensley. Yeah, so that's that. So thank you for coming to my um, Ames talk. <laughs> okay, so now it's my turn. And I did the City Cemetery in Key West, Florida, and it is at 701 Passover Lane. Open to the public. <laughs> is everyone just dying to get in? <laughs> well, dying to stay, I guess. So some of the history of the Key West Cemetery, it's estimated that around 100,000 people are buried here on this 19-acre plot of land. Well, some things say it's on Solaris Hill, and some things say it's at the foot of Solaris Hill. But it's on the highest ground in Key West. A whopping 18 feet above sea level. Wow. That's coming close, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of their um, burial sites are above ground crypts like New Orleans has mm-hmm. because of the low water table, or the high water table. Yeah. <laughs> the low elevation. Yes, that thing. You had two halves correct. They just didn't go together. (laughs) 
Um, according to the Friends of Key West Cemetery website, the original burial ground was located near the coastal sand dunes around Whitehead Point, uh, which is present-day Higgs Beach, and that's uh, west of Martello Tower, which I think that was that's a military fort, an old military fort. However, following a hurricane in 1846, graves washed away and disinterred bodies and caskets were scattered throughout the island. Oh, no. So that's why they moved everything to its current location in Mm -hmm. 1847. The cemetery houses a variety of people, including Floridians. Floridians. That's what's in Jacksonville. Sorry. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. (laughs) Who perished during a fire in 1886. And those who died due to the yellow fever outbreak in 1887 and 1888. Uh, There are many Civil War and Spanish-American War graves and a section for Cuban freedom fighters and a monument to the 260 sailors killed in 1898 when the USS Maine exploded in Havana Harbor. Some graves date back to the mid-1800s, and those are the earliest burials there. There are some of the people that were moved from the old burial ground. And then that brings us to the tale of Count Carl von Korsel. Um, he was a doctor, and he was treating a woman named Elena Milagro Hoyas for tuberculosis. With sunshine and fresh air? Uh, no, with um, x-rays and something else. I don't remember. He was treating her with x-rays? Yeah. He was like... Just like shooting x-rays at her? Yeah. Like radiation and x-rays or something like that that he was trying to cure her with. I never heard of using x-rays as a treatment. (laughs) That's that's what it said in his story. Well, I mean, I believe it. I just never heard of that. And, you know, we've done our fair share of TB-related places Mm -hmm. with all the horrific treatments that they tried. I never heard of that one. He was uh, an innovator, I guess. Yeah, aren't they all? That's how they all start out. (laughs) I'm innovating. Let me insert this balloon into your lung and blow it up. Yeah. Well, he became, like, obsessed with Elena because he he thought she matched this woman he was having visions of. Like, she was, like, she was that woman, like, to a T, matched. So he was, like, obsessed with How much morphine was he shooting a day? I don't know. They didn't say. No, that's what they did back then. They all got high on their own stash. Yeah. That's probably where half these cockamamie ideas came from. Yes, I just used cockamamie. I'm bringing it back. (laughs) Well, suffice it to say, none of his treatments worked. She ended up dying. And then he was still obsessed with her. He would visit her grave every day for like a year and a half. And then all of a sudden, he stopped showing up. Did he dig her up and bring her home? Yes. I'm sorry. I should just let you tell the story. Did he? <laughs> yes, he did. Shut up! Shut your face! Oh, my God! Ugh. So, using a combination of beeswax, silk, and makeup, he was able to preserve the body and kept it in a wedding dress in his bed for seven years. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Precursor to Norman Bates. Gross. Yes. Um, there were more graphic stories, but I don't know if I could have read them well out loud. Oh, no. Yeah. Use your imagination. Oh, I'd rather not. Thank you. Spell his name for me. I'm going to Google him. Uh, C-O-S-E-L. There's a movie about him? Oh. Oh, he looks disgusting. Oh, he was German. No wonder he was a fucking maniac. I can say that. You can't. That's my people. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was a joke. Don't <laughs> at me. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Continue. Go ahead. Okay. I'll leave you alone. So when Elena's family found out, like, I don't know exactly how it happened. Um, one re- One account said that her sister realized that the Count stopped visiting her grave and wondered why, because he was so obsessed with her. And so she, like, got someone to open the grave and see if there was 
the body was there. I don't know why that, like, that was her first thought. Like, I mean, it was my first thought. So, (laughs) and I didn't even know either of those two. So, I mean, I do, however, kind of know how some of these things usually go. So, yeah. So, um. Fuck. Yeah, they. they, Fucking stole her body. (laughs) Yes. And when the sister went to um, confront him about it, instead of denying it, he said, come on in. She's right here. No. Oh, my God. Totally Norman Bates. He's totally crazy. Yes. So they arrested him, got her body, and reinterred her in a secret location so he could not find her again. Uh, and motherfucker. he got off because of statute of limitations. Oh, because he had her for like seven years? Yeah. Right? Yeah, and like all they could charge him with is like... Grave robbing. Yeah, that... and well, Criminal mission. Yeah. Well, stealing a body or whatever. Yeah, like little stuff. Like... Oh, it's so mm-hmm. gross. Why can't there be like, bigger laws for that? I mean, what it really should be is crazy shit like that requires you to go into a psych ward. Yeah. Because there's something super wrong with you. Mm-hmm. That's all the Count's story. The Count. <laughs> One body. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh. No. Don't Seven ruin my years. childhood uh, hero. Uh, uh. Beeswax. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. Uh. <laughs> Grave robbing. Uh, uh. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so today, the cemetery is best known for its many unusual epitaphs on its graves. Oh, those are fun. The most recognized among them is the tombstone of a local hypochondriac. P.B. Pearl Roberts, which reads, I told you I was sick. <laughs> and um, let's see. I have two more here that were amusing. If you're reading this, you desperately need a hobby. And cute. I always dreamed of owning a small place in Key West. Oh, you know, we all die. You may as well have a sense of humor about it. Yeah. No one gets out of life alive. <laughs> but um And just um a couple words of caution while you're exploring the cemetery if you do decide to go visit. Don't be startled if you hear rustling coming from just out of sight. The entire island is overrun with feral chickens. Feral chickens. Yeah. <laughs> Not just wild, but feral. Apparently. Wow. And um, large iguanas call the cemetery home, often sunning themselves on the stones during the daytime. Ooh, okay, don't fuck with iguanas. Um, oh, shit, where was I? Some, some island, either St. Croix or Aruba, I can't remember. But they had these giant-ass iguanas that would block the pathways. Ooh. And if you got too close, they'd turn around and start whipping their tails. Mm. And you'd have to, like, go find another way to get wherever you were going. Like at the resort. Wow. I think it was St. Croix. I think it was St. Croix. Because then I'm thinking about what the pool looked like and it was smaller. So, But they like, because there's these little, you know, like walkways between the buildings. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they would sit there and like they'd like spread their legs. So they take up like the whole thing. And they're big, man. (laughs) And they just start like whipping their tail. Like, okay, I get it, dude. I'll go. I'll go around. I'll go the long way. (laughs) It's cool. We're cool. Yeah, so don't fuck with iguanas. <laughs> no. So uh, that was all for the history kind of information, and then we can move on to the haunting. Uh, guests have reported seeing apparitions of spirits that watch approaching guests from behind the bars of the fence before disappearing. There's disembodied voices, shadows, mysterious lights, figures, which I guess are more distinct than the shadows, uh, strange orbs of light, and apparitions that occur both day and night within the cemetery. And many people have found unexplained shadows or apparitions in their photos of the cemetery. Mm. Um, Those are the fun ones. It's like a fun little surprise. Like you get home and mm-hmm. it's you go through your pictures and you're like, oh, surprise, like a fun little <laughs> souvenir. Oh, look, we went to visit grandma today. But, oh, who's that? 
the ghost of a man named Captain Cosgrove is also supposed to haunt the cemetery, appearing on the grounds and in nearby homes. So he doesn't just stick to the cemetery, he likes to go visit too. B.P. Roberts is said to walk the grounds, and people that have visited in the evenings uh, report being attacked by an angry spirit, being pushed and scratched by unseen hands. Oh, I don't like scratching. That's no good. And it said that ghosts of children who died in a nearby house fire also haunt the place. They're seen running and playing hide-and-seek, and their laughter is heard at night. Aww. Did you ever play Ghosts in the Graveyard? Yes. <laughs> I used to play with my cousins. <laughs> That's immediately what I thought of, mm-hmm. playing hide-and... Because, yeah, little ghost children playing hide-and-seek in a cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Um, another report is of a woman of... Bohemian descent, who has made appearances during the day and night. Those who have seen her have reported that she seems to become angry if visitors sit on gravestones, walk across graves, or in any way disrespect the dead. Some say she has made threats and will turn insolent only to vanish right before your eyes. So, like, she comes, like, at you and then disappears. I don't like that. Like, that's never happened to me, but <laughs> hopefully it never does. But I picture just, like, the like the figure just, like, rushing me and then, like, oh, my God, it's going to attack me. And then it just goes away. Because they do that on movies. Mm-hmm. And it always makes me nervous. I don't like it. Like, you're going to knock me over and I'm going to break my hip. Um, and finally, we have what some call the most popular ghost of the cemetery. Um, it's that of a little girl. Um, she is said to steal chocolates from guests of nearby resorts. <laughs> Aww. And many visitors um, have said that they hear a young girl calling out to them. And when they follow the voice, there's never anyone there. They just keep getting led further and further through the cemetery until they end up at a grave of a young girl. No one knows if that is the specific girl that the spirit is or not but people feel that she's just a playful spirit and she's not scared or angry or resentful or anything like that just having fun she's playing hide and seek yeah cemetery she's playing ghost in the graveyard (laughs) and that's all for the city cemetery in key west florida a haunted cemetery who would have ever thought (laughs) and it's open to the public you say so uh, yes. anybody can go visit at any time. Uh, well, 7 to 7 during oh, the summer. Okay. 7 to 6 in the winter. During... Oh, okay. Not after dark then. No. And they do have, um, like, ghost tours, like, guided ghost tours. So if you go to, like, the main building out, out front, you can either get a map for a self-guided tour or you can sign up for tours. Oh, that's cool. I like the self-guided tours because I like to take my time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of those tours sometimes tend to be rushed because they yeah. want the next group. Not to steal your thunder, but a fun thing about Bobby Mackey's Music World is that it's only about a two-hour drive from Waverly Hills. Oh, really? Which is where we'll be on April 18th. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> Come investigate with us. Uh, it's a public hunt. Tickets are 75 bucks a person. You figure out your own travel and lodging and all that shit. Um, we're going to be at the Sealback Hotel in Louisville. And you can stay there. You can stay wherever you want. Uh, you can book your ghost hunt tickets at realweaverlyhills.com slash reservations and click on the six-hour public hunt link. And you want the date that starts on April 18th. Cool. Assuming we're not all under quarantine. Oh, yeah. At that point. Assuming that. <laughs> um, hopefully, um, hopefully that's not an issue by then, since everything's closed for like the next month anyway, at least here in New York. So another note, you guys, if you have a ghost story or an experience you had that you would like to share with the world, type that shit up and send it to us. We've got, um, we've got a couple fans stories. See, I feel, I don't want to call it a fan story cause it's like a fan account. Yes. Uh, 
a, li- a listener account, a real life account from a listener. How's that one? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, I don't have fans. I have central air. <laughs> Uh, we have a couple, but we don't have enough for a full bonus episode. So if you've got a story you'd like to share, an experience, um, anything paranormal whatsoever, you can type it up and send it into us, myfavoritehaunting at gmail.com. And you can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at myfavehaunting. Find us on Facebook. Join our group, My Favorite Haunted Group, the home of the paranormies. And thanks for potting with us. Wash your hands. And wash your fucking hands. I <laughs> <laughs> right, See, it's helpful to write it all down because I just bam, bam, bam. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> that, I did that wrong, too. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> see, this is why I shouldn't ad-lib.